Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. One of the verses we repeat a lot on this program is John seventeen seventeen. Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, of course, the truth sets us free from sin if you continue. If we continue in Jesus' word, John eight thirty one and 32. But John seventeen seventeen is saying that the Bible, God's word, defines for us what truth is. So, in this program, we let the Bible, the scriptures, decide for us every question. Not what's politically correct, necessarily. Not even what Pat thinks, necessarily. Not what you think, not what your feelings tell you, not what your dreams and visions say, but exactly what does God say. That's the only thing that really matters in religion. What does God say? And we know what he says in his word. His word is the truth. Defines for us what the truth is. John seventeen seventeen. So we will not compromise the truth. We're going to keep preaching it, teaching it. If you can prove me wrong, though, on any topic, then we'll be glad to change because God is our authority. And so since the Bible is the Word of God, therefore then the Bible is our authority by extension. So whatever I say, if you find something in the Bible that contradicts that, you'll be my friend. Let's talk about it. Give us a call. 877-655-6755 is the number to call. The lines are wide open. If you have a Bible question or comment, call us at 877-655-6755. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about something that Judges 17 verse 6 says. I quote, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We noted many preachers and churches are not following the scriptures as their authority in religion today. Instead, they're doing what is right in their own eyes. And we've been dem- demonstrating that with, with a few human quotes from churches and preachers. We'll look at that in a minute. Let's start with the fact that baptism teaches, that the Bible teaches that baptism should be an immersion. Look at Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now when somebody dies, and we take them out to the graveyard to, quote, bury them, does that mean we just sprinkle a little dirt on their head? Or does that mean we put them all the way under the ground? So we know what buried means. And this verse says we're buried with Christ in baptism. Now, Compare that to the Catholic book, Our Faith and the Facts, on page 399. The church, talking about the Catholic church, this is according to the Catholics, not an enemy of the Catholics. The Catholic church at one time practiced immersion. This was up to the 13th century. The Council of Ravenna in 1311 changed the form from immersion to pouring. That's what the Catholics say, that their council changed the form of baptism from immersion to pouring. Now, if the Bible teaches immersion for baptism and the Catholic Church says they've changed it from immersion to pouring in 1311, and here's here's the catch. Aren't they admitting the Bible is not the thing that decides their practice anymore? You see, they said they changed it from immersion to pouring based upon their counsel in 1311. That is an admission that they're not using the Scriptures to decide how to baptize anybody anymore. They know the Bible teaches burial, Romans 6, 4, immersion, but they changed it from immersion to pouring. They're admitting the Bible is not their authority. 
877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. 877-655-6755. We can read in 1 Kings 12, verse 33. So he, talking about Jeroboam, king of Israel, offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the 15th day of the 8th month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart. And he offered it upon the altar and burnt incense. I'm thinking many churches are devising doctrines and practices in their own heart like Jeroboam was doing about this particular day of the month. Their people today are devising in their own heart doctrines and practices instead of following what God devised in his word. Am I right? Another example regarding the purpose of baptism. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. I want you to notice this quote from the Standard Manual for Baptist Churches, page 22, written by Hitchcock. He says, and I quote, It is most likely that in the apostolic age, when there was but, quote, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and no differing denominations existed, the baptism of a convert by that very act constituted him a member of the church and at once endowed him with all the rights and privileges of full membership. In that sense, baptism was the door into the church. Now, it is different. Do you see what the Baptist church is admitting? That at one time, baptism was the door into the church. But And I quote him, now it is different. Who had the right to make it different? And if it is different now than in the New Testament times, isn't that really an admission by the Baptist church that they are no longer following what the New Testament says on the subject? Something else is deciding for them what to believe and practice, right? Remember, we read Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The quote from the Baptist church is, In apostolic times, baptism was the door into the church, but now it is different. They admit that they're practicing something different than what the Bible says. It's not just that they're doing it without realizing it. They're admitting it. They say, now it is different. You see, a lot of people think, well, all these different teachings from different churches and preachers, it's just a matter of honest differences of interpretation. No, the main problem is people are not recognizing the Scriptures as their authority anymore. And we're seeing that from these quotes. Let's talk about homosexuality again. Here's what the Bible says about it in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10. through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So here we have from the New King James Version, homosexuals and sodomites, both are mentioned it says, among some other sins, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. They can't be saved unless they repent. But then the Episcopal Church comes along in 2003 and ordains their first gay bishop. And here's how they justify it. They say, just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. And that was a quote. In that quote, aren't they admitting they don't use the Bible as their authority anymore? They define what is right and what is wrong by something other than the Scriptures. Do you see that? Here's, here's how they justify ordaining the gay bishop again. They say, quote, Just simply saying it departs from Scripture 
does not necessarily make it wrong. I thought that's what made something wrong if it was a departure from Scripture. That's supposed to be the definition of what is wrong. But no, they're saying just because it departs from Scripture, in this case, homosexuality, that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. See, they didn't change from being against gay marriage to for gay marriage because they did an honest study of the Bible and realized they had been interpreting it incorrectly. No, they change because it was the politically correct thing to do. They realize the Scripture condemns it. But they say, again, I quote, just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. So they're, they're admitting that they're not using the Bible as their authority. They're admitting that. The lines are wide open. If you have a Bible question or comment, call us at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. On this same issue of gay marriage, the Presbyterian Church, USA, changed on it also. Here's how they justified it, and I quote, The church should, quote, reevaluate its definition of sin to reflect the changing mores of society. Mores meaning customs and practices. You see that? The Bible defines sin this way, 1 John 3, 4. Sin is the transgression of the law, talking about God's law. But the Presbyterian Church, in order to justify homosexuality, says the church should reevaluate its definition of sin to reflect the changing customs and practices of society. In other words, what they're saying is if 100 years ago, society says uh, homosexual sex is wrong, we'll say it's wrong. But now that society says it's right, we're going to say it's right. We define what is right and wrong by society, not by the scriptures. It used to be they're reevaluating their definition of sin. I'm sure their definition of sin used to be what did the scriptures say, but not anymore. It's based upon the changing mores of society. You see, that's about the fourth quote we've given tonight where churches and preachers are admitting that they're not using the scriptures to decide what's right and wrong. Let's say you start a congregation. Going to meet every Sunday. We're going to allow women to preach in the congregation. Well, how would you decide that? You could decide by going to the scriptures. Going to a passage like 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. It says, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. For it is a shame for women to speak in the church. You could go to that and say, that verse is clear. We're not going to let women preach sermons in the church service. Or you could say, that's not the way we're going to decide. We're going to decide based upon what is politically correct. What the society is accepting. What will bring in the most people. What we think is the best. Do you see? If you're using the scriptures as your authority, you'll decide not to have women preachers. If you're using something else, then you're probably going to decide it's okay to have women preachers. Let's notice what the Bible says about divorce and remarriage in Matthew 19.9. Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. I'm thinking this is what all churches used to believe at one time. But notice what Anthony Donovan in the Orange County, California Register said. He said, and I quote, Some conservative groups believe that divorced people who marry another spouse are living in sin. However, the number of divorces in the United States has led most denominations away from that teaching. Do you get that? Do you see the admission? Most churches used to think 
that when a person was in a marriage that was a violation of Matthew 19.9, they were living in sin, meaning they needed to repent and terminate that marriage. But now the number of divorces has led most denominations away from that teaching, not because they studied the Bible honestly and came to a different conclusion. It's because the number of divorces kept increasing in the United States, so finally they gave up on standing for the truth on Matthew 19.9, and they started just looking the other way. Don't ask, don't tell policy. To which now stats say, if I got it correct, most congregations in the United States, 20 to 30 percent of the people in those congregations are living in adulterous marriages per the definition of Matthew 19.9. Melody from Indiana, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Since women's not allowed on the platform, I was wondering how this affects Joyce Myers Ministries. Well... Did you call in last week? Somebody called in last week about Joyce Myers. So I looked up on the Internet. I saw where she was preaching. And um, first of all, she wasn't really saying anything. She wasn't actually teaching the Bible. It was just her own views about things. But second of all, she was definitely in violation of 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35. She was preaching for a church. At least that's what the video reputed that she was doing, preaching for this very large church. And, of course, the Bible says, let your women keep silence in the churches. I just quoted quoted it a while ago. For it is not permitted unto them to speak. It's a shame for women to speak in the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So those passages are, are some of the passages that would say that what, Joyce Myers is doing is a violation of the scriptures. Wouldn't you agree, Melody? Yeah, I, I was always wondering if she's really like a preacher or like just an inspirational teacher. Well, in 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty four and 35 and 1 Timothy 2, 11 12, it's not necessarily making a distinction in those things. It's saying she's not to speak in the church. When the whole church comes together into one place, I'm not talking about the Sunday school hour, when the whole church gathers together in one place, that's the context of 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23. The woman's not to speak. Uh, she's not, and, she, and Joyce Myers is clearly violating that. She's speaking to the congregation when the church service is going on. She's teaching over men, which is a violation of 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. Are you familiar with those two passages, Melody? Yeah, I haven't been to church in quite a while, but I was brought up Pentecostal. So a lot of what you preach, I totally agree with. That's why I was asking. Well, Melody, um, aren't a number of the Pentecostals allow women to preach in the church, don't they? Yeah, but not the one I go to. Okay. That sounds unusual, but I can believe it because they're not, they don't all do that, just most of them. Yeah. Melody, you got Correct. any follow-up questions or comments before I let you go? No, I just thank you, and I enjoy listening to your program. Okay. Thank you for listening to the program, Melody, and thank you for your call. You know, can't we learn a lesson from this? This, The Bible is our authority because God is our authority and he wrote the Bible. And we don't, you know, if it was up to me, I would let women preach in church because they're just as smart as men. They can teach just as well as men. But is it, is it up to me? It's not. I can't take that authority away from God. God says they're not to do it. And so that's what we're supposed to accept. That's how we submit to God is by believing and teaching and practicing whatever he says, even if we don't agree with it or even if we don't understand it. 
I mean, if God told me to eat chocolate, well, that'd be easy. I'm going to eat chocolate anyway. But when it's God tells me to do something I don't to do that I don't agree with or wouldn't do anyway, and I do it because God said to, that's really when I'm submitting myself to God. That's really when I'm obeying God. And a lot of people aren't willing to obey God. They'll do what God says as long as they agree with it. But if they don't agree that it's wrong for women to preach in the church service, even though said God clearly said don't do it, if they don't agree with that, they're going to go ahead and do it. Now, they might agree with God if God says, love your neighbor. And they say, we agree with that. We're going to do that. But when he says the women aren't supposed to preach in the church, we don't agree with that. We're not going to do with that. So that means they're not really obeying God. They're just obeying God in the things they agree with. That means that they're just following what they believe instead of what God says. We're talking about quotes where people are admitting Churches and preachers are admitting that they're not using the Bible as their authority. Now, notice this quote from the Watchtower Witnesses. Quote, We find that people cannot see the divine plan in studying the Bible by itself. We see also that if anyone lays aside the scripture studies, they're talking about the Watchtower magazine, even after he has read them for 10 years, and let me give the number again, 877-655-6755. you have a Bible question or comment, Give us a call at 877-655-6755. Even after he has read them for 10 years, if he then lays them aside and ignores them, again, I'm quoting from the Watchtower people, and goes to the Bible alone, our experience shows that within two years he goes into darkness. On the other hand, if he had merely read the Scripture studies and had not read a page of the Bible, he would be in the light. So the Watchtower religion is admitting they don't really use the Bible as their final authority. They evidently think, and this is what, in effect, they're saying, they think a person would be better off reading their literature alone than studying the Bible. They position their literature above the Bible and what they're going to follow. Aren't they admitting they're not using the Scripture as their authority? They're saying, you're better off reading our studies than the Bible. If you can choose one or the other, don't choose the Bible Choose our, our literature. They're not using the Bible to decide what is right and what is wrong in the religion. And that's the problem. All of these differences and these divisions in the religious world is a bad thing. God said in 1 Corinthians 1.10, let there be no divisions among you. People say, well, it's just a matter of honest differences in interpretation. No, it's not. We're seeing these quotes where the churches and preachers are admitting that they're not using the scriptures as their authority. They're admitting that. Mark from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I was just wondering about the, uh, the women preaching deal. <clears throat> Didn't uh, Priscilla and Aquila prophesy? And in Acts 2, it says that uh, God's going to pour out the Holy Spirit for men and women to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was wondering in Acts 2, it that. talks about women prophesying. Philip had four virgin right. daughters who prophesied in Acts 20, verse 9. Now, Mark, you know, the Bible, I'm sure you agree, was written by God, correct? Oh, absolutely. So it's not going to contradict itself. So if, if one place says that women prophesied, which means they taught the Bible by inspiration, and another place says they're not to speak in the church, how can both of those verses be true? they got to both be true because God wrote it. He won't contradict himself. How can they both be true, Mark? I don't know. That's so what I was asking you. <laughs> yeah. One place says women can teach the Bible. Another place says they're not to teach in church. That seems kind of easy to me. 
Right. That okay. means they yeah, can teach outside. That, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm glad you uh, cleared that up for me. That makes a lot you, of sense. You see there. the difference? So what we're saying I is, do. like, when the Sunday school classes are over and you go into the church, everybody's in one place, the women are not to speak. They're not to preach in the church. And that's what we're talking about with women preachers. The women preachers means can they preach the sermon in the church service. But there's nothing wrong with a lady teaching the Bible, saying a lady's Bible class at her house. Matter of fact, that's encouraged by the Bible. You see what I mean, Mark? Yes, sir. Like, you have kids, Mark? Yeah, they just do. Take them to church sometimes, don't you? Yeah, all the time. You tell them not to talk in church, don't you? Correct. That when My dad told me that when I was little, and one time I remember did, and I got a spanking when I got home, I, you know. But that didn't mean when he told me not to talk in church that if we went to, say, Burger King afterwards, I couldn't talk while we were at the Burger King, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's that's the deal. Women did prophesy, Acts 21, verse 9, but they didn't do it in the church because 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says it's a shame for women to speak in the church. I think you got it, don't yeah. you, Mark? Oh, yeah, I read that, and I just wanted to clear that up, and I'm glad you did. Appreciate your call, Mark. Thank you Keep so much. Keep listening to the program. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have about five minutes left. If you got a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment on this subject or any other Bible subject. I think we're seeing from these quotes that we, we have to follow the Bible. And we see a lot of people who claim to be Christians, they're believers, they're not following the Bible. Preachers, churches, they're admitting that we don't use the Scriptures anymore for our authority. Maybe they used to 100 years ago, I'm sure they did, at least in most, uh, most things, but not anymore, they don't. We need to learn a lesson from the Old Testament. In Numbers 22, 18, 24, 13, Deuteronomy 5, 32. Let me read that. Balaam said, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord to do less or more. I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or bad of mine own mind. But what the Lord saith, that will I speak. You shall observe to do therefore as God hath commanded you, you shall not have turned aside to the right hand or to the left. So, the Bible teaches in the Old Testament that people were not to do, base, base, again, relative to the word of the Lord, they weren't to do less or more, they weren't to do good or bad of their own mind, they weren't to turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now, we're under a different law today, the New Testament law. But we need to have the same admonition. We need to study the Bible and not do less or more, good or bad of our own mind or, or turn to the right or to the left. We need to follow the, what the Bible says and exactly what the Bible says and not try to change it and not try to justify our changes by saying, well, society changed so we needed to change. That's just an admission. You're not following God's word. You're not respecting God as your authority. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So what may seem right to us may not be right. Only God's Word can tell us what is actually right. Remember Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. So God's Word defines for us what the truth is. Christine from Pennsylvania, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. 
Yes, I was calling to ask why do Christians worship on Sunday instead of the Bible Sabbath? Well, you know, Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 uh, shows that the Sabbath was one of the laws, ordinances that Jesus blotted out and nailed to the cross. And so Christians today, since the Sabbath has been abolished and blotted out, Colossians 2, 14 through 17, we worship on the first day of the week because of passages like 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And I'm running out of time, but in Acts 20, verse 7, shows that the disciples came together on the first day of the week to break bread, to have the Lord's Supper and have preaching. Look those up, Christine. Please do that. If you want to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, text me or call me at 256-682-9753. A free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience. 256-682-9753. 